What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brothers Podcast. Give it up for yourself, people. Come on. Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. up. We are back in. full of hate. Who you going to call on? Not Ghostbusters. I don't know who the fuck the number is. Look, look, I draw a lot of haters, and I'm okay with that. No, but at the same time, listen, man. Speaking of haters, we had something that happened about five days ago. Actually, it wasn't five days. It was about three days ago. Mm-hmm. Dealing with a lot of the hate that we got in the African-American community. Mm-hmm. It was one of the most talented artists, most talented young artists that I even know of. And his name was Tentacion. I have yet to... For everyone that keep on saying XX Extension. <laughs> you know what the problem is about this whole situation is that even in death, I still can't pronounce his name correctly. XX Extension. That is not his name. Okay? I don't know who he is. I could, don't. Could we please step up our RIP game? Like, come on, really. Like, the, the brother was a very... Even though he was a troubled kid, mm-hmm. you can't take away the fact that he was a brilliant artist. And someone like me, I only knew him for about two years as far as his music. But even in that two years, his two his two years of music made an impact on my life because I can understand where he was coming from. So before y'all judge him, and y'all know how y'all been judging him, I, I didn't seen him. I didn't seen it out there. Y'all call him a wife beater. He wasn't married. Y'all calling him a uh, a misogynist. He's twenty. He was seventeen when he was making that music. Think about where you was when you was seventeen and eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old. I'm pretty sure you didn't evolve like this right now. So come on now, y'all can't be putting all this judgment on a young man that still had a lot of life to live. So on behalf of just his family, man, I want to give big prayers out to him and say, man, you know, we're going to miss your music, man, and we wish you were still here. I will say in rebuttal to that, honestly, I don't know him much. I never really listened to him. I had like, I think, one song I actually listened to him, and that was only the song I used to work out with. So I honestly can't say I know so much about him. I only recently learned more about him actually leading up to his untimely death. He was uh, a good artist. He was a great artist. He, what, he, he did some fuck shit, though. Everybody did, did some fuck, fuck shit. Yeah. I, if you would have had a camera on me when I was at University of Minnesota, 18 to 22, you'd be like, this nigga needs to go to jail. Fuck <laughs> shit are like beating a pregnant Girlfriends. Allegedly. 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 We say allegedly. It's fine. It's allegedly. Fine. We're just not proving now. it, no. But for what I learned, for what I've seen so far, I, don't have, I know the woman, the young lady kind of rebuttal, said she didn't want to go press charges or whatever. Whatever the case may be. If he did, he at that point, he seemed like, like pretty much a distasteful human being. However... I don't wish death upon nobody. Nobody. Because you can't come back from that. So speaking of death, let's just uh, kind of shift a little bit, man, because we got to get a little town business out the way. All right, I wasn't done yet. We got to get, but we got to shift. We got to keep on rocking with this, man. And we got to get some town business out the way. Town business. Town business. You got to take the... It's my favorite part of the whole episode. Take every vowel out of business. Business. Just all, all syllables. Oh, actually, consonants. I'm sorry about that. Yay. Um, this first one is a woman that I went to high school with. Uh, she, when I talk about a woman that's on her game, as far as on the whole holistic side of things, when I talk about somebody that is bringing the alignment of chakras to the black community, got people acting good, acting right, got their body aligned, this is who I'm talking about. 
I'm talking about one of my friends from high school, Rasha the Holistic Nurse. Big shout out to you. I see what you're doing out there, man. You are you are really doing it. You can actually go on her uh, Facebook or you can go on Eventbrite because she has her, um, I think it's dealing with the womb of a woman and um, how you can basically detox it in order to have a healthy pregnancy. So I see you. Big ups to you. Big ups to you. Big ups to you. Big ups to you. You got anybody? Uh. Oh. Well, I guess you could say, uh. Oh, you know what? Fuck it. Shout out to, uh. Young lady. Shout out to young lady by the name, uh. Keisha Hudson. Keisha. Shout out to you. She's teaching me about backtrack alley cats. I don't know what that phrase is specifically. But uh, she's taught me about that, and I'm learning some other phrases from her. Um, but Keisha, shout out to you. You give uh, a personal shout out. Do Keisha got a business or something? Um, <laughs> she's got a new. She's got a new job recently. Okay. Okay. She's got a new job coming back, and she's gonna be making some good money. Congratulations to her. Um, who else I got a shout out? Uh, other than the usuals, I kind of it's kind of a slow week for shoutouts. It really is kind of like a slow week for shoutouts. But you know what you need to shout out? The things that we got going on. All right, so let's shout out that we got going on next Saturday at Promontory Point. It is the Brothers Bonfire. It is going to take. It's going to be a really dope thing we're doing. Um, it's, it's kind of a little, a little bit lower with the barbecue we're doing, but it's really dope. It's really cool. We got some. We're gonna have a fire going. We're gonna hope we don't burn down the whole area, but we got a fire going. We got, got Takashi Six Nine. Drake oh, gonna shit. be there. We got uh, the Migos. They gonna come. Well, one of them coming. The, the one that nobody knows too well. We gonna. De- I'm denouncing myself from that immediately now. Offset so. is gonna take off. Okay, the the one brother. <laughs> Probably presents then <laughs> the bonfire if we're gonna do all that. Don't shit. worry about it. I take all credit. But listen, take man, all the credit for it's, that. It's gonna be a good event, man. It's not only just for couples, man. We want all our people to come out, man. You, we, we always got good food. We always got good vibes. We always got good people. Mm-hmm. So we just want y'all to come out. We want y'all to enjoy yourselves. We are going to do it big on the lake. Good scenery. Food to make you think you you're a man and you're pregnant. I'm even gonna have a tent out there with a bonfire. Can I go to sleep in it? This nigga right here. I mean, I might need to catch it. I'm up for a good majority of a lot of our days during the week. So, go to that the time. Next week, nigga. Okay, whatever. And the next event, and this is mostly for the team, our friend and family from back in the day. We are doing the official The Brothers Afro Caribbean Day Party Meetup. Coming in Saturday, July 7th at the I Am African Day Party. I think the event more than likely is going to be held at the Promontory. They have not released that yet, but they are going to tell us that very, very soon. We got the tickets are available. Please get your tickets if you haven't gotten them. Early. Please. Early, please. Early. We know how y'all niggas like to procrastinate on this. Please. please Think about please. every African in every country coming to one specific location one day. Now think Pull about up. going and getting your tickets. Please. Please. It is of <laughs> great 
urgency that you should get your tickets as early as possible. Where to go? Go to the brother's website. Go to the brother's fan page, and you can receive your ticket. Just contact us, DM, email. Yeah. Shoot a pigeon, something. Or go on Eventbrite, look up the I Am African Day Party, and just find it. I think that's about it, man. Okay. Now, now, it is time to get down to some business, man. We got a great topic. We got a topic that I feel that needs to be expressed in the black community. Even, you know, this is not, this super exceeds culture. But, especially in the black community, I say that. We are talking about mental health today. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about mental health? What are we going to be breaking down? What the brother's going to be breaking down for you today? We're first not, thing, okay. what you got? No, we're well, first of all, we're not, let's understand one thing about mental health. This is not saying, oh, we're going to talk about people being crazy? Not exactly, okay? It's kind of mm-hmm. like that, but not exactly like that, okay? Mental health is actually a very serious thing. It's serious. It's it's a really defining part of the human of human beings, because your mental health can determine whether or not how you're able to cope with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's going on, whether they be good, whether they be bad. So when we do that, we got to break down a couple of things for y'all. First thing we're gonna be talking about is what in the world is mental health? I mean, we throw this around, but what really is mental illness? Do anybody really know the actual definition of this? That's the first thing we got to do. Also, we got to hit y'all upside the head with another way of saying this. This might, this gonna, this gonna kill somebody on this one. I'm about to smack somebody with this one. Has mental illness been used as a weapon in the African American community? We gonna take off from the free throw line and we gonna dunk it like MJ back in his prime. All right, that's what we doing. Also, we want you to really think about this. Before we even introduce this topic, this angle, I want you to think about your ancestry. And I want you to think about this one question. What is mental illness really? I want y'all to ponder that question. And we're going to slap y'all upside the dome piece a little later. So let's go ahead and open up the flow, open up everything. We... Participation is recommended. So if yes. y'all have a question, if y'all want to chime in, you're free to do it. But let's just talk about what in the world. Well, technically, they have to discuss amongst themselves because we can't really see them too well. Well, see, I got 2020. You got 2020. I don't care. Look, you, you, all right, go ahead. Knock yourself out. You can see a fat woman holding potato chips in front of me right now. I, I probably no, I think that's clearly visible. You can see that shit. That, that'd be flirting. That's a pretty big. That's a pretty big uh, fat woman. But anyway, we are talking about mental health. So the first thing I would say is, what in the world is mental illness? Well, I would also like to ask the question of why do we have such a thing as mental illness? That's a good question. Why do we even have such a thing? So yeah, let's talk about that. But first, what is mental illness? Mental illness. Is what you would call also they call a mental disorder. So you can say something like being bipolar, being schizophrenic, being hallucinogenic, or just being called flat out crazy. Crazy? You can't say crazy. We're talking about mental illness. Crazy. Do you know how we have the, the I don't care. Let's go. Look, man, we, say, I, we don't censor ourselves here on this shit. You can't Look, say crazy. We don't censor ourselves here, okay? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, God, we don't. Um, 
mental illness or mental disorder is basically a point where as a person there is a constant affliction going on in your mind that's causing your behavior to change drastically at times you may not be able to interpret things correctly the same way that other people do like a normal person it's kind of like, mm-hmm. like an imbalance so to speak so how would you interpret it if, if you have mental illness if you have mental illness I would interpret as of saying it's derived. Well, I, first of all, I would say, well, where did it come from? Where's it originated from? Now, a lot of times, mental illness can be derived from a certain trigger point in your life that may have caused this to happen. A lot of mental illness, I believe, actually comes from a certain level of trauma or traumatic events unfolding in your life. Mm-hmm. So that could cause a reoccurring issue of you having to deal or having to develop a coping mechanism to deal with this. So the coping mechanism can kind of derive you into saying it becomes a habit in your mind because you're used to this. And now all of a sudden it's like stuck. You're stuck, huh? Yes. Okay. So if I could take my moment, break that down. Take it out. Go ahead. Break down for the whole intellectual side of the game. Okay. So... Mental illness is considered to be a cognitive impairment of either one of the frontal lobes, side, middle, or occipitals. It can cause disconnection. It can cause apathy. It can cause empathy. They can study the encyclopedia. Well, you know how I do. You know yeah. how I get down. So, once there is a disruption in the synopsis of the brain and the neurotoxins come into the brain... Now you are talking about a form of mental illness. Now, let's go into the fucking topic here, okay? Even though we just said all of that, you got to wonder. All the book smarts that I just said right now, all that shit sounded real nice and dandy. But who in the hell made that? I mean, because when you say mental illness, I just explained exactly what we would say the DSM-4. Now they had a DSM-5 says about mental illness. Mm-hmm. But... There was a person that made that or a group of people that made that. Okay. So who do you think made the term? Because mental illness is not necessarily a term that's been around for a long time. But okay. Would you say it could be the pharmaceutical field? Oh, shit. You want to just come and swing at somebody in their face? Huh? Well, shit. Could it be that? I'm going to ask that. Could it be Big Pharma? Could it be Pharma? Could it be the question? Is that the answer to the question? Yeah. You can say Big Pharma, but who runs Big Pharma? The government? Who runs the government? The, uh, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers? Who runs the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers? Who the hell could run the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers? 13 families of the world. Well, are they a part of the 13 families? Yeah, but they are run as okay, a yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, 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 just follow. Okay. So we're talking about is this mental illness or is this a mechanism used in order to diagnose people in order to make that moolah? Because a lot of times when you deal with the African-American race, one thing I can tell you and two things I can say for sure. The African-American race has been pimped when it comes to disease, especially mental illness. When you deal with something like the civil rights movement that most people don't understand, when Dr. Martin Luther King stood up and was like, the black world is full of schizophrenia because they're split. Anger on one side, hope on the other side. When you talk about somebody like Malcolm X that was actually diagnosed with schizophrenia, what are we talking about here? 
Where we at right there? What what you saying right there? I'm seeing a comment from Frankie D. Collins where she is saying how much are the tickets? Oh, Sorry. The tickets are ten dollars as of six minutes ago. So please, <laughs> no, well, go and get your ticket. Here's how it is. Here's how it works. Don't even tell them. Don't even tell okay. them that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can't explain it to them because they go. Just go get your ticket. They get set up like that. Okay. okay, we gonna we gonna get into more of that in depth. We gonna take maybe a twenty minute break in between, and then we are gonna go right into that. Okay. So when we talking about mental illness, we're talking about yes, we're talking about bipolar. We're talking about schizophrenia. We're talking about depression. We're talking about dysthenia. But anxiety. we're also talking about... What you say? We're talking about anxiety as well. We're talking about anxiety. No. But we're also talking about people that created that construct in order for you to be slotted, in order for you to receive the medicine that you need to grease their pockets. Why do I say this? Oh, yes. I'm asking you a oh, question. Yes, Why oh, I'm sorry. Do uh, I say this? Why do you say this? Because you like to say big shit like that? I do. I like to just drop big bombs. You like, drop, you like to drop big bombs like you drop bombs in the toilet. You know what I'm saying? But. <laughs> but. You know, also. a clear indication of mental illness. Okay. Keep oh, going. no. <laughs> really? Why you know my flow, nigga? Nigga, all right, do you not drop? All right, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to know all that. Though, okay, but, I didn't, I didn't but at the same that. time, what's the question again? The question is, mm-hmm. who invented this whole situation? Who invented this construct right here, man? How did this happen like this, man? How did this whole thing about mental illness happen? Are you, telling, are you trying to imply this is some type of level of systemic control again? Ooh, did I? Did I, say I, I didn't. You didn't say it. I don't know if I said impl- that or But not. you can imply Maybe it. Maybe I implied it. You Maybe can imply I did. it. I feel like that's where the direction we're going with this. This is another form of systemic control exactly. to seem like that you have some type of mental disorder that you're going to keep yourself confined to a uh, certain box. You want to know why I feel that way? Why? Well, there was a time when you knew something called ADD, right? Mm-hmm. Attention deficit disorder. Then. They realized that ADD, although it was considered to be a disease, could not be given a prescription. And that's fucked up now. Okay, I got a disease in the United States of America, and I can't write no prescription to it. Like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Do I just treat people now? Nah, (laughs) can't do that. Therapy, man? Can't do that. There's enough money in that. Where's the fucking money in that? Where's the moolah So what happened? What did they do? What do you think they did? Oh. You want to know what they did? What did they do? They created a different context for it called ADHD. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Which allowed them to now create a medicine in order to go inside of these school systems and prescribe it to your children. So when you think that little little, uh, little Ray Ray, little, little, little Johnny... Tasha, but at the same time, women are not the ones that's diagnosed with these type of mental illnesses at a younger rate. It's the black men, the black boys, when they go into the school. So when you think little Ray Ray, little Johnny is being just hyperactive, guess what? He's being a fucking boy. Who didn't run? Who didn't jump? Now, I will also say that this does not mean also that black women or young black girls... We're not diagnosed with this as well. But they're diagnosed at a very, very slower pace than black boys. 
And the one thing that we got to stop doing, we got to stop using cognitive dissonance about these situations, man. Black boys, black men are being hunted. And we're not being hunted with guns all the time. We being hunted by big pharma. We being hunted by mental illness. We being hunted by our food. We being hunted by nutrition. We being hunted by the, the feminization of the black man on TV. Like Tyler Perry wearing that goddamn wig and dress all the fucking time. He's been funny sometimes. I, I used to watch Tyler Perry movies. No, you know what is this? You know, I would do 100. Don't do 100. My mother used to own a lot of those live plays on DVD. I have seen most of the plays. And these plays, I see most of the plays. Oh, so okay. They were actually kind of funny. Was, once you get past all the, all the random interjections of gospel singing, yeah. which I don't have a problem with. But you know what else? I would say shout out to Tyler Perry, but he pushes feminism. So I uh, can't yeah. do that one. Um, but you know how we feel about that one. Like your, like your stuff. Like your stuff. Just segue. Could you not let the black guys wear bad wigs? I don't understand why that's like. Because black guys got to be trashy wigs. So they want to embody the shit. Did you see how they had Shamar Moore in Diary of a Mad Black Woman? I didn't even bother watching Diary of a Mad Shamar Moore looked like a character of Def Jam Vendetta in that motherfucking movie. That, that nigga game. had a do-rag and saggy pants. That nigga looked like he was red, man. I missed that game. <laughs> that was a dope game. But that was a really dope game. Fuck Fight for New York, but the Vendetta was good. I like the Vendetta, too. Anyway, people, this is war, okay? So I understand that a lot of us is dealing with mental illness in our family, and some people that's on our live feeds right now deals with mental illness. I'll put my hand up right now and say, in my life, I have dealt with anxiety. I've had anxiety, I would say, my adult life. Okay? But we're going to get into the reason why I had anxiety. But this is something that happens. And what I need y'all to do is have a complete understanding of what they're doing. Because what we need to really focus on is this African-American plight right here with this mental illness. Because I know one of y'all got a son, y'all got a daughter... Y'all got somebody that y'all caretaking over that has been diagnosed with a mental illness. And you know what happens when you get diagnosed with a mental illness. Now, let's forget all the the, the, the uh, monetary game. Let's talk about how that person is ostracized in his own fucking household and in school. I know you have been in school when you was younger and you didn't seem... Um, I'm just going to say Johnny. Johnny was walking around. Johnny was put in the, uh, I don't want to call it the slow class. That's what we used to call it when we was younger. But he was put in, in the demoted class. Mm-hmm. Special ed class. Special education class. That's what basically means. We used to call it demoted class in, in high school. Like literally demoted class. Yeah. And Johnny put in demoted class from eighth, well I would say from first grade to basically going into high school. So Johnny, because he was diagnosed with ADHD, he doesn't know how to read well. Even though he's 16, he reads at a fourth grade level. He doesn't know how to do science well because he wasn't given what the other kids was given. And he was giving a diagnosis for a fucking fictitious disease. Now you tell me how that affects someone. That tell me how it affects somebody. Okay, I'm going to tell you how it affects somebody. Calm down. Okay. Just, just tell them. Mental illness. Right. How that would affect somebody is that they will begin to believe that this is how they really are. It's like programming. Social programming. It's social programming. Social they will programming. now start to believe that this is their reason for being 
doing the things that they do. This is how they are. Right. It's almost like you're giving yourself an excuse. There's an excuse now being mentally programmed into your head of saying, instead of maybe I'm not just trying hard enough, or maybe I'm not trying to apply myself, I have this disorder that has caused me not to be able to pick up things on a pace that everyone else does. You want to know something else it does? What? It causes that child to not have the social and the educational skills that when he comes out of school to be able to go and get a job or go and be able to make a living for himself. And so you know what that directly leads that child to? Erratic behavior. More than that. The penitentiary. It's called school to prison pipeline. And one of the major causes of it is because of the special education system. It is completely correlated to that. You want to know how you get real about it? Let's get a little real about it. Now, about here's it. the thing about it. If you haven't seen this video pop up from Jay, you ever seen that Jaden Smith video? The Jaden Smith I, video. I've seen, I've seen some of them. Jaden Smith video actually broke down literally how the public school system works. The public school system is programmed for to make it seem like you're in prison. They are literally breeding you of being what it's like in prison. Right. From the long hallways, from the time bells, to the time recesses, single file lines, single file lines cafeteria mm-hmm. time, lunches, all that time, after school activities. You are literally being programmed to be what life would be like when you're in jail. So the school system is out there already feeding this bullshit to you. It's a bunch of bullshit served a on a nice porcelain plate. Yes, it is. But bullshit nonetheless. But you're going to learn something or they're going to attempt to, in this case, rehabilitate you. <laughs> but so, see, that's the thing. The And this is why we got to stop playing with ourselves here, people. It's time for Dante to get a little amp. Go ahead, Dante. A little amp. Okay, I just need about six... Six oh, inches good. to the right. No, six okay. inches. Appreciate you. We have to stop fucking playing with ourselves. We have to realize that this is not something that was not created. This was created for this to happen. Because with every society, and this is why I say mental illness is a weapon. With every society, you have the higher ups and you have the people that get the leech attached to the back of their neck and get their revenue sucked. From their bodies. The African American society has became the lower up with the leech on the back of his neck. And so when you talk about mental illness, when you talk about the school system that's almost set up in a way to resemble prisons and penitentiaries, so there will be a smooth transition, you have to understand that this is a weapon. So when you, when you, when you, that woman, that man that goes into the nurse's office in school and they tell you that little Timmy has been acting up so we're going to prescribe him Ritalin. And you don't even know what Ritalin is doing to him. Ritalin causes sterilization. Do you know what sterilization is? Mm. Sterilization is not being able to produce offspring. And why in the hell would they give a young black boy, a young black girl Ritalin and they know that they can't produce offspring on it? Can somebody tell me that? Because they know it. They know it. They know the defeminization that it does. A guy did a study at UC Berkeley 
and said that the shit that we put inside of our food is turning men into women and women into men. Gender shit. Monsanto, the shit that you get at your grocery stores, knows this. So if you stay in your head in the clouds about the fact that this is war, this mental illness is not just kumbaya, let's pray for the people that have been afflicted. No, this is a war. This is a systematic war against African-Americans, because guess what? The reason why I say this is African-Americans, schizophrenia has become the black disease of our century. And you can look at any peer review article and find that out. They started schizophrenia being that once they start to say that schizophrenia was about violence. And they correlated that in the 1960s and 70s when we were doing what as a people? The civil rights movement. And what was that causing us to do? Separate and gain our own profits. What did they do? Put us back in the fucking box with mental disorders that didn't even fucking exist. So you tell me that. You look me in my face and just look at your son, look at your child, and you tell me that this is not a systematic plot to destroy your kids. Because they've been doing it since the fucking 1920s. I'm going to take me a um, water break or something. Clearly. All right. That was six minutes of savagery with Dante. And he's tearing up shit. <laughs> he is so turned up right now, ladies and gentlemen, that he almost took himself out. Almost took out a $500 laptop. Man. The people, the reason why I'm saying this is because I want you to look at your child and realize that mental disorder is all in your perspective. I know what you've been programmed, and I do mean the word programmed. I know what you've been programmed to think about mental health. But mental health and mental illness, I promise you, from years and years of studying, from my bachelor background, from going to uh, Bethesda, Maryland to study this shit, I'm telling you, as much as you think this is a true illness of the brain chemically, this is nothing but a political and social construct. And they're using it to wipe out your people. You just setting your kids up for slaughter when you take them to get that Ritalin shot. Or you take little Susie and put him on Vicodin because you're talking about he's stressed out and having fibromyalgia at the age of five. Please, people. Now, I know I went off the deep end there, but that's because I care about y'all. And I want y'all to do better. Okay? That's what I want for y'all. And understand what mental illness really is, you need another water break? No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, you're good. I feel good. Okay, you feel better now. Yeah, feel now, going on with what he said, I will have to understand that there is something that really needs to be addressed here. Now, here's the thing. Even though this is what he said is very true, the idea is that it's not to say that mental illness doesn't really not exist. People do suffer from these afflictions. We understand that. Schizophrenia, the anxiety, depression. These things are real things. They have caused to do some real damage to the black community. Especially with human beings. Especially with black men. So, let's get to a point where we need to discuss the effects of these mental illnesses. Let's start off where it comes from depression. I'll use myself as an example. Yes, there have been times where I myself have suffered from depression. Great depression, in fact. There is, um, there have been times, not, matter of fact, not too long ago, like earlier this year, I suffered from a great stint of depression. 
it caused me to have to be become more enclosed and more inclusive. I mean, it caused me to become more constrained in myself, in my surroundings. When I actually moved into this apartment that I am in now, it actually made me more depressed because I finally found like a, a solitude where I can kind of put myself in a box and shut myself away from the world. I had, I had a specific pattern of how I did things and then I came back in here and I stayed in here. And mm-hmm. never went nowhere. Mm-hmm. Even when you say, well, why don't you try to be more of a social person, go out and have some fun? No. Yeah. Stayed in here. I was going through a deep depression. There was a lot of things that, like I said, I, I tell the story time and time again. You heard this in past podcasts that uh, I've made a lot of mistakes and, you know, did things. It told me, taught me how to find myself. But yeah, that part was depression. Depression was a real, real, very, very, very severe thing that I was going through. And it wasn't to a point where I felt like at a point I wanted to kind of like do something incredibly dangerous to myself. But it was a very real thing that I had to get out of my own mind for a second. And really, really forced me to kind of accept that there was a change going on in my life. And I didn't really know how to handle it. So, yes, was I going to be able to handle it? Was I going to be capable of handling it? Was I going to be, was I going to be a better person outside of it? That is stuff. That also brought anxiety into me. I was really anxious. You should be. You should. I was. I was anxious as hell. I didn't know if this was the right thing I was doing. I didn't know if this was the right path I was taking. I did not know if I was going to be able to keep this going. At times, I usually don't. Unfortunately, that's how things are. I got to disagree with you. Something. What is that? I know that we supposed to we you take like I said I I suffer from anxiety. But one thing that I do know and two things I know for certain I know anxiety and depression can be countered with confidence and experience of life. Because the reason why we're depressed is because we lack the understanding and also, as black men, the tools in order to live this life like we're supposed to. So what do you do? I mean, with anybody, I don't give a damn if you were a giraffe. If you were put into an environment that you had no idea about, like moving to your own place, mm-hmm. like taking on all the responsibilities, like being the head of a household, even when you never had a father or even a father figure to show you how to do that. I challenge you to say, maybe this is not depression. Maybe this is not anxiety. I mean, that's the name of it. But maybe this is more of the mind readjusting itself to something that you should have learned by having a father, by having father figures inside of your life. I will counter that by saying this, but also following up what you're saying, that going through that type of depression or anxiety, I've always learned one thing that's very pivotal, well, specifically for me, is that when you do go through that, there is such thing as sort of like a breaking point. Okay. A breaking point is going to occur where at some point you're going to get really fed up with dealing with this Mm -hmm. in a certain way. And that's going to force you to have a drastic change. Either going, you're either going to do something drastic or you're going to step out. 
Obviously, I didn't want to do nothing drastic. I like, let's just stop playing around with this. I didn't want to put no harm on myself or kill myself. Right. I definitely wasn't going to do that. I care about my life way too much to do that. And I, we care about you too, and plus you owe me money. Okay. I don't know all that at all. Okay. But I had to force myself to step out. I had to do something. I had to go back to kind of like being, I had to find out what gave me reasons to step out. And I found it. I started to slowly but surely kind of build my confidence back up in myself. When I started to get the hang of being on my own, I still make kind of mistakes. But at the same time, I kind of got better adjusted to the idea of doing this. So can I ask you a question? What's that? Aren't you describing having the confidence to do it on your own? And confidence means confidence is only predicated if you have the experience. You can only gain confidence in something if you're experienced about that particular thing. Mm -hmm. So how does that correlate with what I'm saying? If you would have had confidence in the fact or your your father or somebody would have prepared you for the fact that at some point you're going to be living alone. You're going to have to raise, you got to do shit for yourself. If they would have instilled that confidence in you, a.k.a. experience, maybe when you hit this time of your life when you didn't have to depend on anybody and that nobody was around, so you're inside of your head, you could have said, damn, my father prepared me for this. And not with your lips, but on a molecular level. Because anything that you speak, the body records inside of your cells. So that's why I say a lot of the mental illness that we have as African Americans is not because something is wrong with us. It's because of the plight of the black people. Because we don't have the fathers that we need in order to show us how to fend for ourselves and be on our own. I know if you put me out in the woods and I've never hunted, I don't know how to fish, I don't know how to uh, look for uh, berries that aren't poisonous, I know I'm going to be anxiety ridden like hell because I got all these things that I don't know about that could kill me at any moment. And so let's just say you put a black man in a concrete jungle like Chicago in a situation where now he has to fend for himself and he wasn't given the tools from his family, his father and his father figures to do that. I'm telling you, I feel personally, but this is actually backed up by science, that the sales will will basically record the fact that you are not prepared for this situation. And what would that show up as? Anxiety. Now you go to a therapist. What is the therapist going to tell you? Because you just told her that you feel anxiety about the fact that you move. But now she's going to put you in a category according to the DSM-4 and 5. Now what does that create? That creates the ability to give medication. So we could have circumvented all this. I feel personally... And this is my factual opinion at this point. If our fathers, if the men, if the communities in our lives would have prepared us for what we had to go through. Because I know my anxiety always dealt with the fact that I had no idea about what I was going to go through. Even though I'm 32 in age and structure and I'm kind of big, kind of strong looking, you know, you know, all that set aside. Mentally, I was not prepared because I did not have my father. Mentally, I wasn't prepared because even though I had my grandfather, he was checked out. Papa was a rolling stone, I got to tell you. Papa was, wherever he laid his hat was his home. So, I wasn't prepared. I had to prepare myself. And that's where the anxiety came in because I had no idea in this big, bad world. And that's what I'm just trying to get you to challenge. Maybe the fact you just didn't have the confidence to do it, so it caused depression and anxiety. I have to have a slight rebuttal against that. 
The rebuttal I have against that is, is that even when you are being taught to see, this is the thing about this. As a human being, there are certain you can't guarantee that every human being is going to operate the same way as a person who was has somebody to teach them something. Which I go by saying that by saying sometimes you can be told something, you can be taught this, and experiencing it firsthand is a completely different matter. Okay. So it's not a lot. It's like going in the classroom and you're learning something in a classroom that you may not be able to apply for your to your life, like the Pythagorean theorem or the or the uh, emancipation of Cucamonga uh, or some shit. But do you know how to close up like checks and balances or some shit? But do you know checks and balances? Do you know how to balance a checkbook? Do you know about stocks? Do you know about bonds? Right. Do you know how to apply for a job? Do you know how to apply for a loan? Right. Do you know how to buy a house? Right. Do you know what credit is? Right. Like I said, there's certain things, and I'm just using that as a correlation to what I'm saying is, even as a child, you learn to fend from your own, from a parent or like a father figure in this case. It doesn't necessarily guarantee that you'll be better prepared for the outside world. So, and that's dependent on the person itself. Some people are not really just not bred that way. Well, one thing I know and two things I know for certain. Everything you said as far as stocks and bonds, checks and balances is shit that you can learn in a classroom. When you're dealing with mental illness, when you're dealing with anxiety, depression, you're dealing with the fact that you're not learning this in a classroom. You're learning this through one person advising you about life and then real life experience as it goes along. It's happening at the same time. Nine times out of ten, if you had a father figure in your life, they didn't just sit you down on the couch and explain something to you, walk away, and it didn't happen. Nine times out of ten, you went through some shit. You got your heart broken in, in, in first grade. And after they did that, you recorded the experience, they explained the experience, gave you the confidence to go back out there and do things the right way. So when you say that we can talk about it, but we got to be about it, that's basically what you're saying. Because you can talk about it, but you got to live in the real world. When you're dealing with role models, when you're dealing with like masculinity, when you're dealing with real men who's teaching you real shit, you're dealing with a person that's hands-on. You're dealing with a person that's going to walk you through life. And the key word is walk. I didn't say talk. I said walk. And I understand that completely. But my thing is, we don't have the necessity experience in that department. Well, we have never experienced that in our department in our lives. So to say that... But see, if we never experienced it in our lives, then we are the prototypical example of what happens when somebody just talks to talk via a mother because she can't teach a man how to be a man. But there's also not a guarantee that that is actually going to work out for us in the long run anyway. There's no guarantee in life whatsoever. Exactly. But you can always hedge your bets. You can always incline yourself in order. I'm going to give you this. If I teach you how to dribble a ball and I teach you for three years, I'm not saying you're going to go to the NBA. But I'm damn sure know that you're probably going to be able to join a JV league or something. So I'm not telling you that you're going to make it. But I'm telling you that motherfucker that was not prepared, he's going to have a better chance. Is he? Is the, is the man that's not prepared going to have a better chance than the man that is prepared? Tell me that. But it's also a thing about saying this. But you got to answer that question for me. 
you how, gotta answer that okay, question. Okay, well, what department would you just say dribble? Like, I use what you example. There's a difference between people learning how to dribble a ball, and there's also a difference between a person learning how to shoot. Then you got the, and you know what that means? Then you got the father that was there, but didn't really talk to you, and you got the father that was hands on. Because in order to shoot that ball, at some point you had to dribble in order to get yourself over. But also the now same, you're just talking about levels. Okay, but now it's at the same time, even if you learn how to dribble and shoot the ball, are you going to guarantee that you're going to know how to make these shots all the time? Like I said, it's not about a guarantee. Life is not guaranteed. Exactly. Just like we saw XX Temptation. Life is not guaranteed. But if you are privy to have someone that can teach you the skills in order to combat the anxiety and combat the depression, then although life is not guaranteed, you will have a better chance at succeeding in life. Now, there's no way possible that you can tell me that if someone doesn't give you the tools, you have a better chance of building a house than if somebody just give you some grass and say, make a hut. There's no way possible. I, I can't agree with that. I'm sorry, but I cannot. I honestly it's okay cannot for you agree. Not to agree with I do not agree with that because time, at the same time, because you cannot, you cannot tell people by based on who they learn from saying that this is how it's going to work Once you're going to be better I never said that you're telling somebody that it's going everything you're saying is definite you're saying definite I have not said a definitive word yet what I said was you are preparing somebody better and, and look it, it's as simple as this you got a person that go to high school he went to a college preparatory course uh -huh. and he went let's say he went to the Latin school in Chicago then you got somebody that went to Finger Academy on the south side of Chicago. Now, I'm not saying that that student is not going to go to college at Finger, but I'm saying that the student at the Latin school has been prepared far better. So if I was to put my money on a person that's going to make it, I would put my money on a person in the Latin school. Nobody ever said that that person at Finger is going to be promised to go to college. Only saying that the person at the Latin school has a better opportunity, a better chance, and he was given better resources. But what is he exactly learning in that school? Is He's it? learning how to be on the next level. If you give somebody, just like I said, the finger, for example, you're talking about a person that is not given any fucking example. But you cannot guarantee that that is what he's learning in this Once school. Once again, definites are not a part of intellectual talk. I know that's a and so let me say it like this. Some but not all. We're talking in generalities. And when you talk about African-Americans, for example, now we know that Caucasians are 97, no, 90% of the economic base. They own 90% of the resources, 90% right. of the land. Okay. We know that the African-American owns 2% of the land in the United States. Now, let's go all the way back to slavery because this is where it happened. As a matter of fact, women always talk about why men don't have black men don't have anything and they go to a white man you know why the black man don't have nothing because the white man's grandfather stole all this shit from our grandfathers so stop making that point okay but but let's just go back for example you're going all the way back there what are you hitting what are you really hitting when you go all the way back there you're setting up the platform in order to see that there is a definite example a definite advantage the advantage is slavery now, I'm not talking about the white man is always going to be on top, but if you give me 400 years of a head fucking start, which is what you're giving when you talk about weaponizing mental illness in the black community in the school to prison pipeline, you give me a 400 head start, I will dust your ass. Maybe one or two people will catch up. But for the most part, you are going to get left in the fucking dust. 
And that's just the way the world works. You can talk on an intellectual level, you can talk on a scientific level, or you can just speak about real spit, real game out in these streets. The person that got the most game gonna get the most women. The, the, nigga, the nigga that's a nerd might get a woman or two, but the person that has the most game gonna get the most women. The person that has the nicest car might be privy to uh, better things than the person that's driving a 1997 GL. So you can oppose it. But we're not talking about facts. I'm, I'm taking off the intellectual level when you say that this may not happen. It's not a definite. We're not talking about facts when we talk about that. You can look at the data and find that out. Because the data says that African Americans have been given the title of mental illness more than any fucking race in the United States. And then correlate that to the fact that African Americans are the number one race in prison. And we make up less than 13% of the fucking Population in the United States. Okay, well, let me ask you this one question: If we build, if we're dealing more about facts, then what is the point of challenging the system then in the first damn place? What you mean? There is no sense. What of, are we challenging? Then? There is no sense of challenging. The so system. what are we? So what are we constantly complaining about then? Circumventing the system. Circumventing the system means you eventually have to challenge it. Circumvent by definition means that you go around it. See, you're trying to challenge you the big red wolf on the big bad wolf territory. Because you eventually have to. You can't and, and you cannot, you cannot keep... And, and let me, and just for example, all I'm saying is when I say you cannot challenge it, what I mean is you can't play my game, win my game by my rules, and I can change the rules any fucking time I want to. But you can realize that there is another world outside of the United States Another world that is actually governing the United States that actually makes the rules for the United States. You can circumvent what the fuck that the United States is doing. You can go to the United Nations. And this is what I always tell to everybody about when we talk about mental illness and you call yourself black. The reason why you stuck in this mental illness gap because you don't know your fucking history and you don't know yourself. You can circumvent this system by going to the United Nations, listing yourself as not black because that's a fucking color, and going and getting your nationality back. What would that do? That would allow you to go back into the fold of the world race instead of being this unclassified thing known as black people or African Americans. That's how you circumvent the system. I, can circ I circumvent the system right now. I told you. You know it. Everybody knows it. Do not call me black. I am Washita Day do the Monday Choctaw America. I don't say it because the shit sound pretty. I say it because when we're talking about legalese and politically, that means that I have a nation. You as a black man, you don't have a fucking nation. So when you go and try to talk to the government about the fact that there's mental illness and you're killing our black boys and sending them to prison, they're going to say, who the fuck are you? You're not even a human being according to law. That's how you circumvent the system. You circumvent the system and you get above the system by learning what the system is, challenging the system, going and get your rights. If you don't do that, you'll just turn it in a fucking hamster wheel. That's how you circumvent the system. That's how you win. Circumventing you the, no okay, you're circumventing the system, going through all that, does that change the outcome of what you're going to do end up being? Exactly, it changes the outcome. Now you What's have autonomy of your life. First of all, the number one reason why black people, black men are unemployed is a simple reason. You are unemployed when you have to be employed by someone. And we all know if black men are being basically eradicated from the United States yeah. at a rapid pace, that means that it's not only mental illness, but it's also employment and economics. How do you, how do you circumvent you that? You say you're talking about autonomy of your life in the same system where you are currently living in right now. You are you living cannot, on land of You're in system. a land of the system. And you know what this, I can break that down in a nutshell. Listen, 
you legally say you're living on this land. But for black people, I challenge y'all to go and find out exactly what this land is according to law. I'm not talking about no fucking theories here, people. Find out what this land is actually called. Find out when, if you've ever traveled abroad, you will find out that people abroad, UK, South Africa, know more about your history than you do. This land is not even called America. This land is called Emigrant Malexa. If you know that, then you understand you can unlock your birthrights. And I'm not talking about no theory shit. I'm talking about the shit that you can go to the United Nations with, say, I am a part of this family, and you get another set of rights that you can now combat that world with. Because one of the reasons why black people can't get ahead and get shot and killed, because there's nobody to back them up. So we can't run stop? to Africa when uh, Sterling Brown got shot. We can't run to Africa when Philando Castile got shot. But you damn sure can run to your nation inside of the United States if something happens to you, just like mental illness but because we lack the knowledge and knowledge is perished of people we don't see that so we run around in this fucking hamster wheel acting like we know the answers having pseudo intellectual conversations about something that we could avoid if we just knew who the fuck we were in the first place and you operating in this side of this nation where is this nation operating inside of this operation this nation is operating the united states of america you can look it up is found in the delaware LLC catalog. This is not even a fucking nation. This is a corporation. Oh no, we are we understand that, but we're uh, we're operating under this corporation still. In order, you see, you're talking about circumventing the system. Now all that you can do all that. You absolutely can do all of that. But the problem is, is that no matter what, you're still going to end up in one way or the other challenging the exact same system that you have been you have been bred, you have been raised. I I I I, I, I say not because I, you, you can take me for prime example. The reason why that I can go and navigate through the system and not work for an employer is because I took my sovereignty back. I don't pay taxes. I don't have to fucking pay taxes. You want to know why? Because I'm considered an indigenous American. That is on my fucking tax form. That's on my number 98 tax form. I will never and I promise you, I will never talk about an issue that I have not studied and researched. Not for six months, not for six years, for decades. The reason why I can navigate and not have to go and get a, a job, and I thought about it a couple times, but the reason why I can do it is because I understand what this system really is. This system ain't nothing but an occupation. The United States ain't nothing but a job in itself. You can get away from that job, Black people, quote unquote, by knowing who the hell you are. Stop saying circumvent and acting like it has a negative connotation to it. Sometimes that lion is too fucking big for you to come up to and try to punch in the face. You have to learn a way to move around it. And as black people, you keep on talking about people that fight. What, what's the point of fighting the system? I'm not saying that. No, but did you not say what's the point of fighting the system? Yeah, I said, did you not say that? Yes, I said, what is the point okay. of fighting the system? Did you not? Okay. I so didn't say that. What's the point of fighting the system? There is no point of fighting a beast that you cannot do because you are one finger. Well, technically, I asked a lot the question. I asked the question, and what, if I, what you're saying, then what is the point of fighting the system? There is no the point in fighting a system, but there is all points in circumventing the system, understanding your rights, connecting to a people that can actually fight the system for you because you are one black man. But with one nation, now you have power. And this is not theory, people. These are fucking facts. But what I am saying is, is circumventing is, is all well and good. And I understand circumventing. But eventually, that still leads to you having to combat that same system. That's what I'm saying. You still at the end up doing the Wait dirty work. How can you 
And let's just talk about, let's just keep it in proper context, as far as mental illness. How, if you circumvent, and when I mean circumvent, I'm meaning you understand who you are as a person, you understand how you do your taxes, you understand the legal system, you understand that we're not even using constitutional law, but we're using admiralty law, you understand what admiralty law is, and you understand where you fall in this fold. Did you know that you're not even considered a citizen as a black man right now, according to the Constitution? Yeah, Okay, so if you're not considered a citizen and you're talking about we're still going to keep on going against it. We've been had a fucking boot on our neck since the beginning of the Constitution. The Constitution was not created. Well, the, the amendment of the Constitution was not created for us. So, of course, you can't combat the system. And this whole thing about if you combat this, if you circumvent the system, you're going to go right into the system. Who in the hell would get away from a system, know how to function outside of that system, and then go right back into that system if they have all the knowledge to prevent themselves from doing it? When I hear you say that, and I love you like a brother, but it sounds like a bunch of rhetoric to not back up a factual case. Because millions and millions of African Americans, or millions and millions of indigenous Americans do it every fucking day. And the person that's talking to you right now is a prime example. That's why I don't call myself African American. I do it because I want to relate to you all. And in theory, if we talking on the street, I'm an African American. But I am what you call... An indigenous American. And I'm not that because I claim that. Even though you can do that with the United Nations if you read the uh, Declaration of Indigenous Rights. But I am that because I know who I am. I know who my grandmother is. My great-great-grandmother. I know I didn't come from slavery. I know I didn't come from Africa either. But I feel like that's what you... I understand what exactly what you're saying. And I, I appreciate you saying you that. But the problem... But the problem... What I'm... But I'm problem... My problem is, is that it feels like you're always trying to find a way of excusing the fact that... We don't have to deal with this. I know we don't have to deal with this system, but we still can avoiding this system. We cannot avoid what we've been institutionalized in this whole time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back. The prime thing you said institutionalized. The first thing you have to do is realize you've been institutionalized. Figure out the way to deprogram your fucking self because what you're saying, we can't avoid it. Now, how can we not? You, you can give me an example right now if you want to of a situation and I will tell you how to avoid it. Wow, you know what, man? I'm so glad we gotta have a part two to this shit. I don't yes. know what the fuck. We gonna really have to have a part two. Cause I'm, 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 we about to go. We about to scrap in the, in the yes. back real quick. And we're actually gonna hopefully we can get some more open conversation about yes. this because this now keep in mind now we just talked about mental illness now this was part one part one next week we're going to do part two and we hope we get get picked back up right where but we're gonna hopefully hopefully get more opinions on this one. This is a, this is a, apparently, this is more of an emotional charge subject we than thought, we thought it was going to be. We got into the midst of it and didn't know what, 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 what yeah, was going to happen. happen. But it happened. And, yeah. and, we're, and this is the type of dialogue that we need. We, yes, need this we do need a type of dialogue. Yes. Hopefully, we'll have a guest of the feminine persuasion. Y'all look out for that. Okay. Yes. Well, in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this episode of the Brothers Podcast. Got to give it up yourself on this one. Got to do it. See, I told you, we don't always agree. We agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. So, and the next time, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap for us. That is a wrap for us on here. All the time. That is a wrap for us. Be sure to check us out on our new platforms that we got. We're on Google and Overcast now. We Google just made Podcast. It. We just made it. So, if you've got an Android, you better go listen to us. Also, go to our YouTube page, The Brothers One, and look us up, man. You can find some interesting information. Our fan pages.
Go Bro. look us up. We always uh, giving our information about our events, mm-hmm. and we just gonna keep on hitting you over the head with information. Like That's we said, we we'll be back do. next week. We're gonna get into this subject again, part two. And like I said, we hope we have a female guest for us. So in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, we out of here. Peace. <laughs>